Welcome to the In the Bag Podcast. I'm your host from uh, pleasant Houston, Texas, Jonathan Slaughter, and with me as always is Jazzy James Haldeman. How you doing, buddy? I'm tired. I'm lonely. Anna's gone for the first time in however long I have the house to myself. I'm in a different room podcasting and the chair is squeaky, which means it's going to be a much more difficult edit. So things are going great for me. <laughs> it doesn't it doesn't sound so great. I mean, it is it is what it is. I'm just sleepy, man. I can't be I can't be single-handedly taking care of this dog by myself. I don't know how you and Julie take care of a baby. <laughs> uh today he was pretty good, so that was nice. Um I I, I can't tired. hear him. I feel like that's like this is the first time you and I have conversed since he was born at your house where I haven't at least heard him in the background. <laughs> yeah, he's, uh, I think he's eating right now, so if we last another uh, 30 minutes, I think you, you may hear him a little bit. Got it, got it. Um, yeah, I'm also pretty tired, though. Work has been, uh, the actual work, not this, has been uh, wild, so um, with that said, uh, we, we, we didn't pod last week. Not because we weren't interested in the Zurich. Uh, it's just that the way that the DraftKings does the scoring, I just don't really have a strategy. Like, why they just won't make it a team sort of thing is really bananas to me. Like, I don't understand wh- why they do what they do. Um, so we decided to take the week off. And, uh, you know, there's no strokes gained data for that tournament, so it's, we can't even really use that information for this week. Um... But uh, all in all, a pretty random leaderboard there at the end. Uh, the team of Charles Swirchel and... Am I have that right? Doosty. Charles? Pa- Charles Swirchel? Wasn't it? Team South Africa? Yeah. yeah. First team Australia. Yeah. A preview of the Olympics, maybe. <laughs> well, I mean, I hope Jason Day's on Team Australia, but I, I hear what you're saying. Um... But yeah, so it was it was a very uh, I, I had fun like watching it and not having anything uh, to do with it. You know, I, I was talking about some Bubba anecdotes from like the first day and how the strategy of um, Champ and Fiona was was kind of uh, funny. Um, right. Billy Horschel just kept saying "Gosh darn it, Billy" to himself, and that was uh, pretty funny. The, so, the story of Bubba Watson and Scotty Scheffler teaming together. <laughs> right yeah that was good too so it was all i mean it was uh it was kind of interesting and um uh but it's just tough to take a lot from it um you know on, on a personal level i'm happy that sam burns played pretty well last weekend because i think i'm gonna like him a lot this week and uh so it's it was nice to see him uh do some things um i thought uh I also thought Shoffley and Cantley was kind of was kind of interesting, and um, I guess I thought they would be like more highly owned. I was just kind of like browsing the ownership on DraftKings, and I feel like they, would, if I would have just guessed that they would have been like the highest owned people, but but they weren't. Uh, I suppose Rom and uh, Palmer were. I don't. Yeah, I wonder how like how easy it is to gauge that because like. It, it, you could, because of the way DraftKings did it, you could just pick either person for the price. Like, was Patrick Cantley 30% owned and Xander was 5% owned because C comes before X in the alphabet? Like, I, I don't know. Or S, I guess. Uh, I, like, I don't know. It didn't, it, didn't make, it didn't make sense. Like, I didn't have a good way to gauge how highly owned people actually were. But, yeah, I mean... Yeah. I, I hope next year they make it a... Uh... They make it like a uh, a team thing. Yeah, it would be. It would. I mean, just be easier to do it. I love 
alternate shot formats. I think they're oh, I think they're yeah. really cool. So that was that was fun to watch. And you know, watching watching these guys you know, take dead aim in best ball as well, whenever you know, try to bomb one whenever their teammate hits a really good shot or stick one close when their teammates, you know, basically in for par guaranteed, that sort of thing is is uh, it's pretty fun. I mean, you get to see just how talented these guys are. It was unfortunate that the playoff ended because Louie sliced one into the water off the off the 18th tee, and you could you know, I, you could tell he was pretty upset. Interestingly, he's never won on American soil. His only PGA Tour victory is the Open Championship he won, and his wife had flown in from Florida for it. So I'm I'm sure he wanted that one pretty bad. So it was kind of disappointing to see that, but. I mean, Leishman and, and Cam Smith have both been playing a lot of really good golf recently. And, you know, yep. I think both Smith and Leishman and Schwartzel and, and uh, Louie are, are friends off the golf course and, you know, hang out together and they had houses together there and that sort of thing. So I think maybe there's something to that. Uh, I You know, it seemed to be that people that liked each other and, and got along did, did pretty well. I know that there was another pair of teammates from Purdue. I think it was... Uh, I don't remember who it was, so I'm not going to say. But I know they went to Purdue. I remember that from the broadcast. Uh, finished pretty highly. So I wonder if there's something to that that, that you can kind of look at next year for, hey, these guys like each other. They're going to play well here. Did, like, Thomas Peters go to Purdue and I just, like, don't know about it? No, I think it was Peter Uline and whoever his teammate was last week. And oh, Wierenski? Oh, yeah. Uh, no, I don't... I don't remember. Don't, don't quote me on it. I'm going to look at Purdue golf, golf alumni right now. So, uh, I just made this podcast five minutes longer. <laughs> it's a lot. It's a lot. Uh, it is definitely a lot harder to look. Like, like, come on, just give me a list of people who are in the PGA right now from Purdue Golf. It cannot be that difficult. Sometimes it's so hard to get the internet to give you what it wants, even though you know it exists out there, and it's very frustrating. Yeah, uh, that is definitely true. Um, anyway, I'll find this. I'll find this at some point. Um, so this weekend, we're in the Valspar. Um, despite the fact that James and I played PGA last night, we did not play this course, although we have definitely played this course numerous times um, on uh, on the game. I kind of think it's like one of the most... Uh, I like wish that it cycled through more on on like the online stuff, because I actually do like the course quite, quite a bit. Um, it's a... Uh, we, it's, we're going back to Florida... So going back to Bermuda grass, what kind of course are we looking at? What's the layout and what kind of golfers and uh, uh, are we looking for? What kind of skill set are we looking for in our golfers this week? Yeah, it's a not quite, not really longish. It's kind of in the middle, uh, par 71, 7,200 yards, uh, medium-sized greens. And like you said, we're in Florida, so we're going to see some more bunkers, some more water uh, than... That we'll just, like we're used to seeing when we go to Florida. I, I'm with you. This is a it's a pretty cool golf course, uh, and I I think this place really turns into kind of a ball striker's paradise. Uh, tee to green, you know, kind of favors the complete game, uh, even more so than just iron play and and off the tee play. Uh, I think that's evidenced by the last two winners here, or the last winner here being Paul Casey twice. He's looking for an opportunity to win back to back to back at the same place. You know, we didn't play here last year because of COVID. He'd be the first guy to do it, I think, since Tiger, and one of only like five or six guys to ever do it. Uh, and like you pointed out, Tiger has done it multiple times, which is just absurdly impressive. I know Jack did it, but you know that's a that's a 
pretty story group to join and obviously is very difficult to do but he's he's got some history here uh and and, and positive vibes coming in but yeah I, I think that the fact that paul casey can win your tournament twice in a row kind of tells you what you need to know about the course you're going to want to play you know well from t to green and then you know, if you can get putts to go, get a hot putter that week, you can get it to go. But this is definitely a, a team no putt week. I, I, this should not factor into your model at all. So are you saying that Paul Casey is going for the Tom Amansky? Sure, yeah, we can call it that. I'll... Do, you, do, you, do you know what I'm talking about? I have no idea. So I don't know I don't know what channel this used to come on, but it it used to be this like infomercial for like AAU baseball. Okay. Uh like a like a practice video. Oh, I know and what you're talking about now. It's and, and so yeah, so they would go the, the big thing was that this guy went back to back yep. to back AAU championships. Yep. I am <laughs> so I call the Tom Amanda. I I'm very familiar with your reference now. I completely forgot about that. And he's just like throwing the kids are like throwing the ball into the thing. <laughs> Yes, hundred percent familiar with it now. <laughs> great, uh, great. I hope uh, other people that watch this also back uh, to back to back that. AAU <laughs> national championships. Uh, it's so vivid. It's so. I vivid. don't think anybody caught a ball thrown from another human being in that entire video. <laughs> they just threw it into those tube things every single time, but they always hit the uh, tube, baby. Tom Amansky uh, for you. What a coach. So uh, I did look it up, and it was uh, Tyler Duncan and Adam Shank. That's correct. So, uh, so that's good, um, and then that's a good story as well. Um, okay, so we got a ball strikers paradise. Not too long. You've mentioned Paul Casey doing well here. Um, now I can't remember whenever we were playing. Is this something that it's not long, meaning that people can take less than driver, or are you still going to need to drive the ball around to kind of get where you need to go? Because I kind of think that matters. Because I know, like, Paul Casey, you know, he can be a little erratic off the tee. But whenever he doesn't have to take driver, he's excellent. Right, right. So it's it's interesting that it's it's more of a strokes gained thing. So I think it's a, a total driving sort of approach. With, and I would maybe slightly favor accuracy over uh, length. I think, you know, you, you look at the people that have had success here historically... And it's, it's a mixture of people who put the ball in the fairway and bombers. It's not somewhere like RBC where you're trying to hit it to an exact spot every time. But but that there are people that can definitely play the course that way. I think it lends itself to to play to your strengths off the tee, which I enjoy about the golf course. Excellent. Um, well, with that said, uh, let's get right into it. Um, you know... Uh, it's it's not it's not a terrible field, um, you know. It, we got it really what, isn't. three 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 tournaments before the next major. Is that right? Correct. Okay, so we I have this. We have Quail Hollow, um, and then we have another one. I feel like in between there. Oh, uh, Byron Nelson, right? Yeah, I, I yeah, yeah. So um, so it's interesting, you know. Uh, this core, or I, I I wasn't sure what kind of field we would get with it, but it is pretty good. Uh, the top, we got five golfers, 10,000 and above. Paul Casey, uh, 10K. Patrick Reed, 10-3. Victor Hovland, 10-5. DJ, 11-2. And Justin Thomas, 11-5. Um, you know, uh, the bottom of this field, I don't think is, and we can get to it, is as loaded as like what you get whenever you get Justin Thomas, Dustin Johnson, and, you know, Victor Hovland, 
Like you, with these five guys, you would think that it would be a little bit stronger at the bottom. So that does provide me concerns about going with a top-heavy approach this weekend. With that said, um, I mean, there's definitely guys who are great ball strikers in this group. Uh, you know, JT and, and Paul Casey, as you talked about, namely, um, are, are you? Do you think you, we need to start with this, or what, what do you think is the best construction here? You know, I, it's interesting. All these guys are great ball strikers. We talked about this a little before the podcast. I, I'm Dustin Johnson's my big fade. He is. 17th on the PGA Tour since the calendar turned 2021. Oh, sorry, not on the PGA Tour, in this field, which is obviously missing a lot of strong golfers. Strokes gain T to green. And I think, you know, if you want to encompass, you know, approach off the tee and around the green, you're obviously, you know, going with the T to green stat. And and Dustin Johnson has been reliable there, and he's losing strokes with the putter. And so if you're not getting that elite play with Dustin Johnson, it's really hard for me to to recommend playing him for his price. Justin Thomas has been pretty erratic with the driver over his last you know, like five six tournaments. Uh, hasn't he? You know, basically, since he won the players, he was bad at match play. He was okay, not great at the Masters. He hasn't been here in a few years. Uh, but you know, on on any given week, Justin Thomas can just hit the ball to five feet on every green, and 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 leave himself easy putts to make. He's also he probably combines the best iron and around the green game. So. If I was going to spend up for somebody in this group, it'd probably be Justin Thomas. Uh, you know, Victor Hovland is, you know, uh, obviously my my love for Victor Hovland cannot be overstated. He tends to outperform his, you know, his his uh, place in the in the leaderboard because he, you know, makes makes a lot of eagles compared to the people around him. He's been playing some some decent golf as of late, uh, and and. I just don't know if you need to go up to the top is basically what I'm going to get to here. Patrick Reed, maybe this is a Patrick Reed week. I mean, around the green game is, is relatively important here. Uh, you know, in that 2019, he missed the cut, but he had four really good years before that, a couple of runner-up finishes. And then you round out the the top guys with Paul Casey, who has the last two wins here, whose game, is, as you've pointed out, has been a little bit on the decline, uh, basically since his fifth-place finish at the Players. Had a solid run at the Masters, but... You know, his last two tournaments hasn't been great. So I, I just don't know that I trust the top of this lineup uh, enough unless somebody's, you know, supremely low-owned to uh, to really venture up here. I might actually start my lineups in the $9,000 range, which is, is a little weird for me given the names up here. Yeah, you know, I, I'm kind of um, thinking to myself here that the the way that I would go, I, I love your call on Patty Reed. I think uh, this definitely very well could be a Patty Reed track. Like you said, he's done well here before. Um, the around the green game, I think, is something that may be a little undervalued here because putting doesn't matter, and so people may not look to around the green. Um, but I think that that will matter a bit this weekend, um, which is another reason why I kind of like JT. I feel like JT similarly is pretty good. I think his around the green game is very underrated. Um, and so I, I kind of like that too, but, but I, I don't, there's something that keeps calling me about Victor Hovland and, um, I, I don't know, I'm, I'm kind of leaning your way there with the Victor Hovland I, and the, the biggest thing about Hovland, I think is he hasn't really played up to this price tag recently, right? Like he's been fine, but he hasn't like, I'm not really sure why he's higher than Patty Reed and, and Paul Casey. And so I think that may drive down ownership and that I might pounce on it. So, um, 
We'll see, though. Um, and then Paul Casey, I mean, like, the thing with Paul Casey is he did everything except for win a golf tournament. <laughs> and like you said, he went over in Europe. So, um, I mean, he was excellent. And the fact that he's just not playing as well as he was two months ago doesn't mean he's playing poorly. He just isn't playing like a top right, you know, right. three player in the world right now. So, uh, you know, that that's not uh, definitely not a bad thing. Yeah. Uh, the only The only red flag with... Patty Reed is that he's done the majority of his damage. He's done more damage on the greens this year than he has tee to green. And putting being a volatile statistic and not really mattering here, I'm not sh- I'm not sure what that tells yeah. me about Patrick Reed. But I think if he's a really low owned guy, he's not a bad pivot. I think I'm going to steer clear of Justin Thomas and Dustin Johnson. I'll let ownership tell me if I'm going to play the the bottom three guys in this range. But uh, I, I could I could certainly see myself just skipping ten thousand and above entirely. Uh, I think I think you're right though. I think Victor Hovland's my favorite play uh, if I have to pick a guy, and that'll that'll obviously be ownership dependent. But then you know we'll we'll just see where it goes from there. But I, I kind of like Hovland this week. Now that you, you've talked me into the guy that I usually talk myself into. Well, yeah, you were going to talk yourself into him one way or another. I always do. <laughs> I always do. <laughs> so. But, you know, I'm looking at Patty Reed's thing here, and his around the green game isn't as good as one might suspect, uh, like, by the numbers. Right. Uh, Rick here has him losing quite a bit of strokes in two rounds at the Masters, um, like, minus 3.24 and minus 2.47. So that probably has a lot to do with that number, and that that makes me feel a lot better. Um, He's gained strokes on approach in five of his last six rounds. So that's really good as well. Um, you know, his best two ball strike, his best two ball striking rounds are at the Masters, and it, uh, that's a place where he definitely feels comfortable. Mm-hmm. But I think he feels comfortable here too, though. So, I mean, and look at his finishes. He's on one ninth, missed the cut, twenty second, twenty eighth, and eighth. I mean, he's playing really good golf. That's true. That's true. So uh, I'm I'm liking the Patty Reed, Victor Hovland uh, start there. Um, and and I think this needs to be said. Ultimately, like if you're doing like a, a max entry, I don't think you should be fading any of those top five. I think you should have at least a little bit of them. You might have to make a stand on one one of them, but I, I don't I don't have a re- real reason to just be straight up avoiding any. I of them. could do ten thousand entries, and I would play absolutely zero lineups with Dustin Johnson in them this week. Really? Yep. Hmm. He's just, like He's just not been good. He's just not been good. Look at this. This is interesting because you know that he's not the, the highest owned golfer here. Uh, let's go. Let's go to the Holy Grail and see what we got. Because now, now you're peaking my Dustin Johnson interest. I mean, I was really prepared to, to move on here. Yeah, he's lost ball, He's lost strokes on approach for the last five rounds. Um, still gaining off the tee a little bit. His putting center miss. His around the green, green game has actually been pretty good, though. So, but yeah, I mean, if his approach game isn't that good, then uh, then you may be right about that. Um, I mean, you also got to compare him to where he's priced. If Dustin Johnson was priced like eighty two hundred this week, then yeah, you should play Dustin Johnson. But at eleven thousand two hundred, no. And also, I I mean, Dustin Johnson plays poorly or well in bunches, and he's just playing poorly right now. So until I I I'm not the kind of person that's going to try to get ahead on Dustin Johnson because you just never know. When he's playing bad, right. which tournament he's going to flip the script. Some people are going to want to do that. I'm, I'm just not. I'm out on it. Gotcha. 
Yeah, I mean, that's what I'm saying. I, I don't think I, he's worth a full fade. I would play some Dustin Johnson because I think that, like, being ahead on it, if you have 150 entries, even if it's just four or five of him, you know, I don't know. But that's, that's just me. Um, moving on to the 9,000 range. So this is a range that you really like. I'm kind of undecided on it. Um, it starts off with Scotty Scheffler at 9.8, Corey Conyers 9.6, Louis Uste is at 9.5, Hatton 9.4, Answer 9.3, M92, Neiman 9.1, Henley 9,000. I mean, it's definitely a lot of guys that I traditionally do play quite a bit. Um, you know, between Connors, Gustafson, Answer, Neiman, and Henley. Um, I mean, Henley's, like, I think would be my favorite target. But, you know, what's interesting about this group is outside of Scheffler and Ustazen, none of these guys are good at around the green. Uh, so, but we got some really great ball strikers here. So, I mean, like, uh, I, I see why you would like this range. But who's your favorite? Who, who do you like so much that you're willing to fade the top? I love Corey Connors. The guy, I mean, the guy's uh, first or second on tour in strokes gained tee to green since calendar turn 2021. Eventually, yeah, and this is where he's still losing strokes putting. Eventually, that putter is going to get hot for a week, and he he's going to start start making some, and he's he's going to win the tournament again. Uh, Abraham Answer has to win a tournament at some point. Why not here? Uh, he's a he's a he, his putter's kind of been what's let him down a little bit recently, uh, and he you know he's posted together a string of top what basically five straight top twenty six finishes. I think this is a, a course he could conceivably do it at. It's not, you know, that length isn't going to be detrimental to him. Uh, you know, obviously I'm always in on Scotty Scheffler. The dude's got all the raw talent in the world. You know, every facet of his game is is good, and it seems to be um, getting better. He was he was in a little lull, basically up through the players, but he's starting to play better now. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I'm always a Tyrrell Hatton guy. I like it when his price is this low. I mean, I think he's he's basically a top 10 player in the world. You're getting him as the, you know, eighth most expensive guy on the slate, ninth most expensive guy on the slate. I, I like that. Um, the only guy I kind of don't like in this range is Sung J.M. Uh, you know, he, he just hasn't been playing good golf as of late. His his ball striking has is, is kind of been letting him down recently. Uh, and... His approach play hasn't been phenomenal all season. And then I... Look, I, I get that Russell Henley's been good as of late. I I just think $9,000 is way too much to pay for Russell Henley. I know you're a Henley guy. I, I'm just... I, I'm a Henley guy when he's below $8,000. i am not a Henley guy when he's around 9000 Yeah, and I, I think that has more to do with this style, like with who's in this tournament after this group than it does with him himself but but i do understand what you're saying um but i hope that drives some ownership down so i mean i mean, I mean my, in my opinion like why why are co-crack and charlie hoffman priced below russell henley right now it makes it makes absolutely no sense yeah i agree with you on hoffman i'm not there with co-crack because he hasn't been as good as uh as he was i don't know like two months ago yeah but he i i Yes, but you basically since the players, he's not been that great. But he's also got back to back top ten finishes here. So you've also got the like course history okay, section so, of so the crack too. So Russell Henley has has finished third, twenty eighth, and ninth in his last three tournaments, and he's gained strokes on approach one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight times in a row. Uh, and that culminated with 
at the RBC Heritage where he gained 3.76 and 3.22. So, I mean, he's he's balling right now. So I'm, I'm all about Russell Henley okay. being, being great. Um, no, all right. So here's my argument for Corey Connors. Similar to um, Paul Casey, I am concerned that, that Corey Connors is just about to hit a wall. So he had... One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven straight turn uh, rounds where he gained strokes on approach, um, and he has now lost strokes on approach to his last two rounds. And I'm beginning to think that he and and his the one and also the one before that he was just okay. He only gained point one four. So I'm beginning to think that he may be entering a bit of a lull because if Corey Connors isn't gaining two strokes on approach, you know average like he's just not going to finish all that high and so if, if he's just not giving you that I, I, I don't know I'm a little concerned yeah I guess I guess I feel the opposite right I think that's going to continue and I'm hoping this putter gets hot like I think the punting thing is definitely warranted and he's been coming around with the putter a little bit yeah. that he's... that would give you some reason to believe that it's got some life it, yeah it just hasn't completely popped in a tournament yet the only time it did and it saved his saved him at the RBC Heritage is he gained four strokes at, uh, in round two of the RBC Heritage. Right. Um, I remember his Sunday, that, sun, Saturday and Sunday, he couldn't make a putt, though. Right, yeah. No, definitely. So, but, but, but if you, you give, if you give Corey Connors one tournament or one round a tournament where he gains four strokes putting, he's going to win one. <laughs> right, right, right. Uh, chances are. So, um, I do agree with that aspect. I think I will have some Corey Connors, but I am I'm a little hesitant because of that. Um, s- similarly, or like kind of the opposite end of the spectrum here, I kind of feel that Louis Ustazen is coming back into form. Interesting. Um, okay. Where I think he wasn't really popping like his price tag was, and he was like, he was Patrick Green, and he was saving it all with the putter. I mean, he was gaining strokes like pretty much every, like he gained like one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve of thirteen with the putter, and it's like great stretch of golf where he went 29th, 11th, sixth. Um, so, but he's not been killing it with the putter recently, and he still has twenty second. And then he went second last weekend, but he's starting to gain strokes on the approach. One point oh three and one point seven three his last two at the Masters. So I think if he can figure out the driving and the, and he's obviously not a bad driver. And maybe the Valspar won't put pressure on that club. Um, I, I think that he could do well here. But the, the thing that does worry me is that he has been carried a lot by his putting, you know, similar to Sungjae here. Right. So that does concern me a little bit. I'm all, like I'm also concerned coming off a second place finish that Louis Eustazen might just like withdraw Thursday morning, and now you've got him locked into your lineups and you're screwed. See, the thing you said about his wife really, really resonated with me. And I'm like, maybe he wants to really try this weekend because he's back home in Florida. You Could know, be, yeah. That, uh, that maybe he's, he's going he's gonna to give it a real, a real go. Um, so I don't know. I'm kind of, I'm hopeful. It'll be, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what kind of performance he has this week. I'm, I'm fine playing Louie. Uh, I, 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 I think you're right. I, I think his game's kind of rounding into a form you like it more as a, as a, golf better on Louis Eustazen. I think the ball striking's been more crisp recently, and, and he's he's trending in a solid direction. I, ju- I think I'd just rather play people around him more. Yeah, I mean, like, so alternatively, I, I don't have a problem with answer. Um, 
I, I like, you know, he didn't have two, his last two at the RPC Heritage weren't good, but he's in the midst of pretty good ball striking. Um, and the putter is not killing him, killing him like it can. So I'm, I'm, I'm hopeful with that. The around the green game worries me a little bit with him, but, but he's a gamer and I, I know that he'll, um, you know, when it matters, he plays really well. Um, walking Neiman on the other hand, I'm, I'm very concerned about, he's not been striking the ball well, right. his putters have actually been saving him quite a bit. And I I wouldn't be shocked if he like missed a cut this weekend. He's somehow been stringing together made cuts though, and you feel I like know. at some point he has to put it all together. I just haven't seen enough to assume he's going to do it yet, especially when I think there are plenty of guys I like in the nine thousand dollar range. Well, like so he's like golf is a streaky game in, in any way, and he's kind of like Dustin Johnson where he's streaky. So he's had multiple times where he's gone eight rounds on approach games in a row and then he had another stretch where he went nine of ten and now he's in a stretch where he's lost four of five right so i just think he's just in a bad stretch right now and and i don't know maybe that continues for this tournament and another tournament or part of another tournament or something like that um but i'm i'm i wouldn't be shocked if he missed the cut this weekend but maybe he's figured it out he's had a couple weeks off to, to rejuvenate himself work on his game a little bit but I don't think I'm going to be playing that much Joaquin Neiman. I can't not because I love the guy. I was going to say, if you're saying to, to not play very much Joaquin Neiman, then probably don't play Joaquin Neiman this week. Um, and then another guy that we haven't talked about, and he, I thought I kind of thought he was going to burn people at the Masters because uh, no one was talking about him, is uh, Tyrell Hatton. Um, you know, I mean, why doesn't, he, why doesn't this course fit him like a glove? His approach game hasn't been very good, I guess, is the main reason, right? I mean... He's had a really good stretch at the Arnold Palmer and the workday, and then ever since then he's been very hit or miss. He's had like great rounds or awful rounds, but he seemed to play okay last weekend. We just don't have any data for it. So, um, I mean, are we, are we taking dart throws with Hatton? I mean, he's not super expensive. No, I, I mean, I mean, Terrell Hatton's a top ten golfer in the world. I'm I'm fine with rolling out Terrell Hatton in these lineups. Uh, I mean, obviously, his around the green game is the the, the worst aspect of his game. I, he hasn't putted or you know had the approach play we've seen we saw him have like you know two like well i guess the last time they were at the rbc uh when webb simpson won and and he and joaquin neiman pushed pushed webb all the way to 18 so uh, i'm fine playing trail hat and i'm a big trail hat and guy uh i i and i think this course fits him perfectly fine and he's on on a, on a good streak of golf so if you're gonna roll hat out roll him out for sure okay um all right I think I'll have some. I, as, I think he's worth having some because he can just catch lightning in a bottle and he's definitely capable of winning this thing. Correct. And I think Correct. That's, that's important. That's what we're looking for here. Um, going on to the AK range, I know there's obviously a couple guys we like here, but we have Bubba at 8-9, Kevin Nall and Taylor Gooch rounded out at the bottom at 8. Um, I think I got six guys I'd play in this range. That is a lot. Um, that, I, that I would cons- that I would definitely consider, and, and we'll probably like try to figure out how to roster some percentage of uh, in, in so, lineups. So Charlie Hoffman, I'm absolutely in love with still, but I'm concerned that he's about to fall off. But he's been playing so good for so long. He's the, I don't know. He's the, he's he and Corey Connors are one and two in strokes gained tee to green since the calendar turned to 2021, and they played a lot I mean, of rounds of golf in 2021. He's been good, really good. So since. 
since, yeah, since January 14th of, he's played eight, nine, 11 rounds, 12 rounds where he, there's no data. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. But outside of that, since January 14th, he has four, five rounds of losing stroke strokes on approach. That is insane. Yeah, he's, he's been awesome. total rounds. So that's, that's incredible. Um, I mean, what a run of golf that is. I, I will have some shares with Charlie Hoffman. I'm scared that the wheels are going to come off, though. I will say um, that it's all dependent on the first nine holes on Thursday. If he's five over, you better place the live bet. <laughs> yeah, you better. I, I mean, I burn me once. <laughs> Shame on me. Burn me, Charlie. I actually Shame maybe not a, maybe not a maybe not an outright win, but at least at bare minimum, you got to place the top five. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Um, so we have. I mean, another other guy. I mean, there's definitely some guys that are just kind of like streaking at the right time here. Hoffman being one of them. Uh, Cameron Tringali has been in, the, in a really good stretch of golf. Um, I know he wasn't great. His last four rounds haven't been great. Um, but before that, he was really doing well. But he's really gaining strokes off the tee as opposed to approach. But I know he's a very good iron player. Right. So at some point, he's going to figure that out. Um, and, and he's been gaining strokes with the putter, which has been a big bugaboo. And he's consistently gaining strokes around the green. He's really fixed that part of his game. Um, I'm, I like Cameron Tregali a lot here. I think, uh, I think you know, I I don't take too much from from playing the Zurich. I mean, like you can say like you can take what you want from it, but I, I'm not going to put like a ton of my confidence in that. No, um, I, I don't think it's, there's it's just so different. I don't think there's much to take from the Zurich and, and apply it to here. You're just like not playing. You're just not playing how you would play a normal right, event. right. And therefore, therefore that that stuff is skewed. Um, another guy playing really well right now is Emiliano Grillo. I mean, he's a returned to his ball striking basically ever since I made fun of him for working <laughs> on his ball striking. He has just said that screw you, Slaughter. I'm just gonna like be like the second best ball striker in the world. Um, so uh, I guess I deserve that, um, but. I mean, but he's been amazing lately, and he's finally showing that upside. He's finished second, sixth, missed the cut, twenty-first and eleventh. His last four, five tournaments. Um, that's, that's great. Really, really good. Um, now, two of the four, two of those five tournaments, three of the five tournaments have been good tournaments, and he finished the worst in those, which was the players Arnold Palmer um, and the and the RBC Heritage, which he finished second. So that was good. But um, so I, I mean. Yeah, he's streaking with the irons, but also he's just a great iron player. So I just suspect that that's going to continue. The things you have to worry about with him are obviously the around the green game and the putting. The putting, he's doing okay with the putting. Like he's, it's not killing him. The around the green game has kind of been more hit or miss, and that's more of my concern with him. But I'll definitely have some of him. Um, and then I want to get to your guy here that I know you're going to want to talk about, and I think he's severely underpriced. But he hasn't been playing amazing. But he's still severely underpriced in my opinion. Is Max Homa. He's going through an up and down stretch where he, he lost like five straight rounds off the tee, but I, we know that's not going to continue because he's such a good driver of the ball. Um, and if he can just regain some of that form he had where he went Genesis, or was he Pebble, Genesis, Workday, Arnold Palmer, and just absolutely crushed everybody in the field. It was like he only had like seven lost stroke categories in that like those like 16 rounds. It's like incredible. Um, I, I'm. I mean, eighty one hundred. That's like that. Am I crazy? That's that's like far too cheap. He's like the most mispriced guy in the entire tournament. Yeah, I I think you're right about that. I think Max Holm is the most mispriced guy in the entire tournament. He's gaining strokes across the board, and when he's on, he's really on. 
Uh, he just posted a, a video of him making an albatross. Uh, or lots of video of the, the shot. The big bird. The, the big bird. He got it made a big bird today while he was out playing a, a round somewhere. So I, I, I'm going to take that as a sign. I really like Max Holma this week. Uh, you already talked about a few of the other guys I like. I'm, I'm pretty high on Grio again. The ball striking just been phenomenal. Again, you want guys that are great all the way from tee to green. Tringali is, is that guy. I know he struggled a little bit recently and has missed his last three cuts here, but I think it's a different Tringali than, than has played here over the last three tournaments he's seen here. So I'm, I'm pretty high on Tringali as well. Uh, give me Charlie Hoffman. I'm not, I don't have the fears you have. I, I think the guy's just playing great golf and, and his, I mean, there have been times in his career where he's been one of the best golfers in the world. And I think he's just yeah, on a streak of pretty yeah. incredible golf right now. And I think it's going to continue. Uh, and then get, give me Jason Kokrak, two top 10 finishes his last two times here. I know that he hasn't played as well recently. You know, obviously 49th at the Masters. Uh, didn't make it out of the knockout stages in uh, match play. But prior to that, he was just on a string of top 10s at, at big tournaments with, with really deep fields. Uh, played fine in Zurich. Again, I'm not, I'm not taking much from that. He's a ball-striking savant at times. Uh, and, and I expect to see that a little bit from him. Uh, I'm steering clear of the top of this section. No Justin Rose, no Bubba Watson for me. Uh, I'm concerned. I, I feel like Ryan Palmer is going to be a, a pretty highly owned guy here. So I'm, I'm just going to say I'm going to fade him because I probably don't want to eat that ownership. Uh, Kevin Na, we talked about before the podcast, he actually on aggregate scores left dra- less DraftKings points than he should uh, compared to the guys priced around him. And I think Taylor Gooch is an interesting play. You know, he's, he, he had a string basically at the players and before he was playing really good golf and, and tends to get streaky at times. And obviously he and his teammate finished pretty highly at the Zurich. Gain strokes across the board. So I think he's kind of worth a look if, if you need someone in the lower 8,000 range. But obviously I think Max Holma is the um, is the guy there. Uh, Chris Kirk, I'm hopping yeah. off here. Don't think okay. don't think that it. I, he just has terrible course history. And I, I don't know. You can only you can only keep playing this well for so long when you're not an elite level golfer, right? That's like you you mentioned that earlier. Yeah, uh, I, I think that's completely fair. I'll probably have some of him, but um, I, I'm kind of with you on the Kirk train. I I don't really like this range. I got to be honest with you. I'll probably play a little bit of Hoffman. I'll probably have a little bit of Grio. Some Kirk splashed in. Homo will probably be where I'm focusing around. Um, I hate Justin Rose, and I think he sucks, so I won't play him. Um, yeah, I, I don't really like this range. Taylor Gooch has been, he can be really good. Um, I mean, he had a really good stretch between the Honda and the players, and even a little bit before then, but he has been, not played well his last three rounds. I guess he played okay at Zurich, finished 17th, but I mean, there's only like 50-something teams, so it's like not like he was crushing it or anything. I'm, I, I don't know. I think I'm I, maybe like a, a Homa and out for me on that, on that, uh, AK range. Okay. I, hey, uh, that's, that's fine with me. I'll take the ownership. Okay. Fair enough. Uh, you take the guys at the no. top and I'll take the guys in the AK range and we'll, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll divvy it up. Our, our guys at the seven, nine range, uh, the top and the bottom are just guys well, the, the bookends for me are absolutely just phenomenal. But um, but at 7.9 uh, to 7,000, um, we'll talk about your boy first. I'll, I'll let you do your introduction. we got 7.9 Keegan Bradley. Are we playing Keegan this week? Oh, we're playing Keegan this week. Strokes game, oh, T to green monster. 
Tita Green Monster. Um, you know what gives me the most hope about freaking in this week, and I'll let you talk around a little bit more. Is around the Green game has been really good. Yeah. Like I, I, I never really thought of him as a feel player. I mean, despite the fact that he feels swag whenever he is out there on the course, I never really thought of him as a feel player. So. <laughs> <laughs> so oh, I, I'm. So that gives me some. That gives me some hope. Um, but his ball striking hasn't been great the last. Uh, I obviously it was probably okay last weekend. But uh, at the at the Valero, it wasn't it wasn't great. Right, right. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. You're he, still there, though. I, yeah, I'm I'm am still with Keegan. I mean, he's proven himself to be a a really really good ball striker, and even when it's sometimes not there, like he figured he's been figuring out ways to make cuts, and I, I'm I'm fine with with taking a little bit of risk with Keegan. I won't own a ton of him because I'll be on Max Holma. More at this price range and cousin burns, but I'll let you do the cousin burns thing. Um, but if you know if ownership tells me I got to play Keegan, then then I'm I'm fine playing Keegan this week. I think I think this this course, uh, despite his sketchy past, uh, should should set up pretty well for him, and I I expect a pretty decent performance. Yeah, um, I'll have some Keegan in in solidarity with you. How about that? I, I like I like him a little more this weekend than the normal weekends. And I think he's a little more expensive than people like playing, paying for him. Right, right. I'm, I'm, I'm definitely hoping so. Yeah, I think, I think that is correct. Um, Sam Burns, uh, I do like cousin Burns here. Um, he's really just been losing a lot of strokes off the tee. Uh, his approach game has been just fine the last uh, eight rounds. He's gained in six of the last eight, and he was pretty good last weekend. As him and Billy Horschel finished fourth. Um, and I, you know, I caught the first two rounds with him as part of the featured group, and he was driving the ball really well. So I'm pretty confident in that. And his putter has really been what's holding him back, and the driver, which is funny because that's like his two best things. So you know, at least one of those is going to come around. So I like Sam Burns quite a, quite a bit here. Um, and the fact that if he can keep up what he's done and his improvement in the around the green game, at least what it seems like anyway, um, I think he's going to have a pretty good weekend. Um, We'll just go top to bottom here. Uh, I, I like the 7K range. I think there's a lot of guys that you can settle in. Like Kevin Stroman, this seems like a course that he will just do really well at. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. I, don't know what, I don't know what his course history here is. Uh, but it, not great. it seems like... Not great. That's very weird. So maybe he just doesn't like it the layout. Um, that's certainly possible. Um, you know, EVR is, of course, very hit or miss. But I, at this point, I kind of think he's more of... Like, people know who he is. Like I, I don't know. I feel like he's sure, still sure. a little overpriced here. Yeah. I, I don't. I don't like playing him. He's like seven thousand. Like, why is he more expensive than Lanto? Well, he's more expensive than Lanto because he's on a pretty good run of golf right now. Match play, Valspar, and team event. You know, those are all top twenty finishes. Nine, and, fourteen, seventeen. Yeah. Yeah, and you know, Lanto's on the opposite of a good string of golf right now. That's that's basically what it boils down to. I, I think I think Lanto is such a better golfer. I, I think Lanto Griffin is a better golfer from consistency consistency wise week to week. But I also think Eric Van Royen just when, when he plays well, he really pops. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like he he, he 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 can definitely even if he misses the cut, he could have like a really crazy round and and like not absolutely tank a five. Right, right. Or yeah, like he could that. still give you a fifty point miss cut. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's true. I'm not on um, either of those guys this week, but. That's my that's my honest analysis of those two guys. 
I, I, I don't like Cameron Davis. I think he's going to be quite popular, but he has not gained strokes on approach in like seven, seven rounds. Uh, I'm, I, I suspect that that will fix itself, but I'm, I'm not there yet. Um, I don't know how you feel about it. Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm fine playing Cam Davis. He's another guy I think has all the talent in the world. And I'm fine paying 7500 for a guy who I think might turn it around as opposed to just Dustin Johnson, which was kind of the same problem I had with him, is he's just not been playing well, but he's $11,200, and he's the centerpiece of your lineup, where Cam Davis isn't. Like, if he just makes the cut and finishes 40th, I'm happy, which he's, you know, done his last three tournaments, except for the Valspar he finished. He still made the cut, but he only finished 69th. And, you know, I, you're probably going to hate me for this, which is fun. But I, Cam Champ's numbers have not been terrible lately. Um, I mean, I don't getting... hate you for liking Cam Champ. I just don't think Cam Champ's very good. He gained, he's gained strokes ball striking in six of his last seven rounds, and that hasn't just been buoyed by the driver. He's been gaining strokes on approach he's, in he's five of the last better. seven. I'll give you that. He's been better. So the one thing that very much concerns me, though, is he's just terrible around the green, awesome. and he's like, and he's, I mean, he's just not good at it. And so that might just like tank him, and that that does probably some concern. I will have a, I will have some shares of Cammy Champ though, That's because, fair. well, you know, and then I wonder. <laughs> Some of it, I wonder if his like his misses are just like so terrible that he just like puts himself in the worst situations because he just <laughs> when he misses he just like misses could, miles, yeah, you know could. what I mean? So I wonder if that has something to do with it. But so I, I, so relatable that Cami Champ. <laughs> I would probably have a little yeah, outside of the three hundred and sixty yard drives. Very relatable. Um, Denny McCarthy, I think, is worth a look. Are you are you with me on that? Or uh, I you tell me what his iron game's been like recently, but it seems like it's starting to come back. So he's still losing strokes. He lost strokes in three of his last four, but they're not they're not bad losses. He got minus point two nine, minus point four three, uh, and he gained three point one four at the last round at RBC. Um, so we know that he can. The driver ought to be just fine for this course. I know he, you know he's obviously not a long player, but. He's long enough, and he's definitely accurate enough, so that doesn't concern me. His around the green game is excellent, and his putting is starting to return to form where he's like, you know, like the first or second best putter on the tour. So, um, I, I think it's worth having a look at Denny McCarthy. I'm not, I'm not saying you should like roster him like 30% or something, but I think he, you should like double the field on him maybe. Okay. I could, I could see that. I, I'm... I'm just not a Denny McCarthy guy. I'm not a Sir Dennis sort of guy. Sir Dennis. Uh, but, you know, if, 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 if the numbers say play Sir Dennis, I'll certainly play Sir Dennis. He's back at a price that I can I can stomach playing him at. So, yeah, the numbers say play him, play him. I'm not enamored with the $7,000 range all that much, just like in general this week, I guess. Going through it, I'm not that much either, but um, your boy Doug Gim might be like the best play in this range. So, yeah, so it's interesting. It depends on, and I I don't value putting much here, but if I did, I would be a little more off Gim. He's a terrible Bermuda putter, but putting doesn't really matter terrible, here. Terrible. Uh, he's just a terrible putter. He's Yeah, he's not a great putter. Uh, but, you know, he, he got, he was in the next to last group uh, or something like that at the players, played horribly. I think that kind of left a bad taste in his mouth. Missed the cut at Honda, but since then, uh, he's finished, what, 44th, 33rd, and 11th uh, in the team event. I think I think Doug Gim's back to being the guy you want to play down here in this lower 7,000 range. And he's he's actually one of the guys that, that I'm looking to play, yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, I think that I think that's right. Um, I think that makes some sense. Um, I, will, I, I think 
I like Doug Glim quite a bit this weekend, so I think I will do it. And it, what's this around the green game like? Because I feel like you can't be it's both fine. bad. At, it's fine. Yeah, so yeah, so that's good. Like I'm looking here at like a Russell Knox, who's had some pretty good approach numbers and driving has been okay. But it is around the green game and his putting is just so bad that I, I just it's just I, it's just tough for me to swallow that. Yeah, Russell Knox's last good tournament was at uh, Pebble Beach. He played really well there, and then just Windy, hasn't done anything sense. since then. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, All right, I'll, we'll, I think I think there's one more guy to talk about, and I think that's your boy, huh? Yeah, yeah. I, I I'm absolutely locking in 100% Rasmus Hogard. 100% every lineup this week. I I if you want me to do it, I'll do it. No, I I'll don't. Do I really don't. Do I really don't want you to do that. I would do 150 lineups of Rasmus Hogard. That'd be absolutely fantastic. No, because um, then I don't want him to miss the cut and for you to be all mad at him. I don't want to. I don't. I don't want something like that to happen. Like, Jason Day's missed the cut a billion times, and I still play him. You've never played 150 so. Jason Day lineups. You've never played $75 <laughs> worth of Jason Day screwing you over. Uh, but, uh, no, I, I mean, there's no stats to back this up in the PGA Tour, but he's just been so good on the, on the European Tour, and he's, um, I mean... I don't know if he's like every bit as good as the young guys here. I mean, he's still is he twenty one yet? I think he may have just turned twenty one. I feel like you should know this. I'm disappointed that you have to look this up. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he just turned twenty one, like not like this month. So, um, with that said, I don't even. Can, can you give me a wiki on him? Is there not a is there not a wiki? It might not, you might need to write it. You might need to uh, to write the the wiki for. Oh, oh so I was incorrect. He just turned twenty. <laughs> Uh, in March, so I mean, he's obviously. On this. Oh God, he's so good. Uh, I mean, but he, you know, obviously he just is not seasoned, and that that's the real issue here. Um, but I will have quite a bit of him because I don't. I, I'm not sure that he can win. He might be able to win though. I mean, he's won. He's won very good tournaments over in Europe at 19. So, uh, and and this is. I'm not saying this is like a European tour kind of event, but the fact that driving isn't as important is kind of more European tour-y, mm-hmm. and he's an excellent iron player, so um, I'm in on that. Actually, there's European gamelons, right? And then, I'm going I'm to go look this up here in a minute. But we, We've lost um, a lot. Is there, anyone else, is there anyone else that you would like to mention here in this round? No, not above $7,000. Okay. Um, there's not much it, below $7,000 I really want to talk about either, to be honest with you. <laughs> If you, if there is there like two or three guys that you like at all? Yeah, I think there are a few guys that I think are worth a look. Obviously, I think Doc Redmond's found something, and he's still priced down here at sixty six hundred dollars. Uh, you know, Henrik Norlander maybe found something. Uh, he had an incredible stretch of golf, but has been bad recently. So maybe something there with Norlander. Uh, I have become more and more of a, a Sam Ryder fan uh, as of late. You know he. He struggles, uh, you know, around the green and on the greens, but he's a pretty good iron player and, and kind of average with the driver. Uh, you know, Sepp Strzok, anytime he gets below $7,000, I think it's worth a look. He's on a string of, of made cuts recently. Uh, Adam Shank is back to playing pretty good golf, so maybe we get to ride a cut streak from, from Adam Shank again. Again, another guy that's, like, solid across the board, just kind of tore average. And then uh, another guy I kind of excites me. I know he hasn't been playing a lot of golf or made his last two cuts including the team event last week but James Hahn tends to be a guy that can finish top 10 in places like this where it kind of demands all of your game 
And so I, I could see a pretty decent performance from him this week as well. And those are kind of that's kind of where I'm going to look to split my ownership this week. Fair enough. There aren't really um, any coarse horses here. Like right, right. Like I, um, I just don't see that this this year. And maybe it's Sam Ryder. Oh no 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 no! It's that would actually be Scott Stallings below. Never mind. Forget I said that. <laughs> um, all right. So I, I just looked up his uh, his last few tournaments here. Um, Rasmus mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and um, so he's gone T25, T9, T6 67 T96, T12 and the T9 uh, and T6 were both at the Saudi right, uh, right. in Dubai tournaments with all you know with like the American players right, and he right. finished T so I mean that's 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 some good stuff he's good he's good um, so I'm pretty excited to play him. I like playing him. And he's he's going to come over here and stay over here eventually at some point in his life, and uh, and y'all will all be ahead of the curve whenever that happens. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I mean, there's like you said, there's not a ton of guys here. Uh, did you talk about Kyle Stanley? I did not talk about Kyle Stanley, but you feel free to. Oh yeah, I mean Kyle Stanley's. I mean. He's someone that, in this range, where you get elite ball striking at, not elite maybe, but very good ball striking Solid, at 6,800, yeah, is, is pretty good. He's gained six, six of his last seven uh, on approach in, in the last stroke play tournaments, not counting Zurich, obviously. But he finished 23rd there, so not, you know, not, shouldn't give you any concern for him moving forward. Um, you know, his biggest bugaboo is he can't putt. He's fine around the greens. And and he's fine off the tee. So, I mean, I feel like if this is kind of like a Kyle Stanley-type tournament, um, I think he would be the big guy that I would be targeting here uh, if I was... Uh, well, I am playing. So I think I will be targeting him. <laughs> I will be targeting him. Um, like, do you have any interest in, like, Chez? Uh, I, I don't know. I, I'm trying to this new new thing where I don't stretch myself too thin down here. I'm trying, I'm going to try not owning like 10% of 10 guys. I'm going to try and focus myself to four or five, six guys. You know, I mean, I guess if if we want to like throw some names around, I don't hate Wesley Bryan this week, but you know, he's going to be like 40% owned when he's priced down here. He's, he's definitely the best iron player down here. I Uh, hate Wesley Bryan and he's not a better iron player than Kyle Stanley. We can look that up, though. But I'm pretty sure that's true. Hell, he might even be better than Henry Norlander. Norlander's great. I mean, Wesley Bryan's averaging over 0.6 strokes per per round on the field on iron play. He just can't really do anything else. Uh, Kelly Craft? Kelly Craft? Kelly underwear. Kelly Craft? Alright, alright. Kelly Craft has made the last three cuts here. I know you love Kelly Craft. Uh-huh. I mean, he's the Kellycraft Horse Horse Play of the Week. I mean, Always it's, is. It's, it's his name. And, um, uh, you know, I'm always willing to take a risk on Chess and Hadley. <laughs> the gift that keeps on giving. For whatever reason, I'm always willing if I have to watch, If I have to watch Chess and Hadley's goofy face go try to shoot the ball through those damn hoops in the, in the commercials for the NBC Sports Gold, I'm going to like lose my freaking the, mind. The least I can do is suffer through playing them again for you if you have to watch the uh, commercials. Oh, God. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, 6,200 for Chess and Hadley. I mean, it, at some point, he's just going to have a good tournament. Look, he's, and, he's, you're, and you're going to be there when it happens. I'm, I'm going to be the only person still there, but I'm going to be there. God, Look, he's, been, he's losing 0.94 strokes per round on the team. He's been so bad. Here's the deal. He's <laughs> missed, he's putting. He's missed three out of the last five cuts, but the two he's made, he finished 13th and 23rd. Yeah, that's good. So he's paying himself off. Yeah, I, I like that. That's not bad. I, I'll play some Chess with you. I'll play, like, three. I, I would strongly advise against it. I mean, it's three, I, it's three lines. So I would strongly, strongly advise against it if you like your money. See, see unlike you, I, I I take like the opposite approach. I'll have like two percent owned of like twenty guys in the six in the seven k range because I'm like any one of these guys could do something. Yeah, I yeah, mean, yeah, yeah. Robert Shrub could win the golf tournament. Um, so Robert Shrub could uh, win the golf tournament. So you know, I don't know. I mean, there's a couple guys, put put or. I mean, Putnam, no, not Putnam. I was looking at the wrong guy. Um, you talked about Ryder. He's interesting for sure. James Hahn, you've already talked about, has been, is really good. Tom Lewis, I mean, the Brit, um, he's not been, not been terrible. Not been um, terrible. So that's, that's good, you know, for this range. I mean, he's made five straight cuts, uh, and he's got two top 25 finishes. So that's pretty, that's pretty good for this range. Just paying yourself off. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I, I don't mind that. There's not that many guys, though. You're right. It's it's kind of uh, I I see why why hesitate to play the top, but I think you can play the top if you avoid the nine k range or the eight k range, one of the two. Yeah, you I'm, gotta, I'm like, gonna be I'm gonna be living in the eight to nine k range. I think. Okay. Okay. Yeah, you know, I mean, if I can get away without I... playing anybody below seven thousand in my lineup, so I'll, I'll be happy, and I think I can do that this week and be okay. competitive. But I mean, I think I think you know there are, there are names that are worth taking shots on down here. If you if you're completely in love with somebody from the top, I'm just not this week. That's all. But if you love JT, like I think there are plenty of guys down here that that you can use to make your lineups work. But any like you said, and please don't follow your own advice. But any of these guys can win a golf tournament. If any of them grades out well in a model you made, then I I don't see any reason to not play them. That's exactly right, and I think people fall into the trap of like not trusting their gut enough, and sometimes you just gotta trust it. And at least if you lose, you lost it on your own. You didn't lose it with anyone else. And that's God, how oh, like wow! And, that, and that's how I like to feel. Wow! I can't wait to just completely. Because <laughs> here's the deal: I'm gonna follow that advice in life because I loved it. I love it. And, and then you're gonna lose 175 dollars because you played Ross with card in every line. Or Chesson Hadley. Here's the I'm gonna step. I'm going to Harding Park on Sunday. I'm gonna step up to the first tee. I'm gonna say, you know, this is a 340 yard par four. Just ease yourself into the round, James. And I'm gonna go. No, what would Slaughter do? He'd tell you to trust your gut and bomb one down the middle of the fairway. And then I'm gonna just slice the hell out of it. 40 yards left. And instead of shooting that 80 that I've got my eyes set on, I'm going to shoot like 102. But it, you know what? Look, I trust my gut, and I lost with myself, and, and nobody I, else to blame. Look, when you go on the golf course, you should play the shots that you want to play. And don't play the shots that you don't want to play. <laughs> Where the hell did that come from? I mean, I mean, like, if you don't want to lay up on the first tee, then don't. Right? I, yeah, I guess. Because, I mean, because 
Well, because you're gonna step up there and you're gonna be like, I really want, I really should use the driver here, but it's the first hole and I should do this, and then you're gonna screw it up, and then you're just gonna be mad at yourself. No, I'm definitely gonna pipe one straight down the middle. I'm, I'm gonna hit one three ten on the first tee. Well, right, the, about it. right, because that's what you want to do. Well, I, if it's that what was, you want to do as versus what you should do. If that was the case. I never make a bogey. Oh, sure, but uh, what I'm trying to say is. Like, you shouldn't just do something because you should do it according to, like, what other people, like, what all these other experts and stuff say. If you have a gut feeling about something, you should just play it. Like, and if you think you should drive it on the first one, and, but, you know, they tell you, oh, ease into it because you haven't warmed up properly and blah, 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 you know, you're not a pro. Like, who cares? Love it. I love it. This is just incredibly insightful and life-changing information from John Slaughter. And I'm just going to take that everywhere now. If I don't feel like doing something, I'm not going to do it. And if I feel like doing something, I'm going to do it. I think I watched that Simpsons episode the other day. So uh, now, now we get to it. Now we know where it came from. Um, so with that said, um, who... So we have what our Fade, our Draw, and our Mickelson. I mean, we, everyone knows what my Mickelson play is. But... <laughs> 150 lineups, baby. <laughs> um... I I have I think I think this week will be pretty interesting. And one of the more interesting things also about this week is I have no idea. I don't have a good feeling about where ownership is going to end up here. Right. Like, I think some guys will garner some. You know, like I think JT will be Highland, or uh, I suspect that Corey Connors is going to be pretty Highland. Call Paul Casey probably another guy, but you know I I don't know. They may not be. Or I I just don't know. Or maybe Highland is only nineteen percent this week. I, it's 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 a very interesting week, so I think that makes it kind of hard to determine, um, you know, fades and, and draws and all that kind of stuff. But with that said, what uh, who who's drawing you in, and who do you think by not playing you will have an advantage of on the field? Charlie Hoffman's drawing me in. Okay. I, he could be highly owned though, but I I don't know. There's just so many names in that section, and I feel like maybe he goes as the the least owned. Uh, I think I, honestly, I think your draw is Pokrak. I think Pokrak won't be highly owned because I, I think people so. will play Hoffman. I and hope so. Palmer. Me and me and Pokrak are taking that uh, 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 casino money to the bank. He lives in Vegas, right? He's sponsored by casinos. MGM. That's what I was trying to think of. We're taking that MGM money to the bank this week, if that's the case. Uh, I, again, I, I've said I said it. Uh, I think multiple times. Uh, zero lineups with Dustin Johnson this week. Complete fade. That is so wild. I'm, put, I'm putting that line in the sand, baby. I think my, I, my I, I'm you've convinced me from the from the onset here, and I love Victor Hoffman, so I think he will be my draw. And then I think my fade, and this is purely an ownership thing, but I think my fade is is got to be Joaquin Neiman. Like I think I think he's going to have a ton of ownership because he's been. Uh, I mean, I don't know. He, he's definitely, like, I mean, he's a better golfer than Henley, Watson, Rose, Kokrak, that group. And he's just slightly, you know, he's just, like, less owned than, less money than M, Answer, and Hatton. So to like, the, I don't know. I, I feel like he'll be, like, one of the highest owned guys in this To tournament. the listeners out here, uh, Slaughter's microphone isn't quite nice enough to pick up the sound I just heard in my very nice $20 cheap headphones. Uh, but that was the sound of, of Slaughter's heartbreaking uh, just a little bit 
uh, when he faded Joaquin Neiman there. It was a really sad moment. I, I shed a couple tears. It was, it was really emotional if you could have heard the sound that his heart made whenever he did that. Yeah, I mean... He's a stat guy. Slaughter's, Slaughter's a stat guy now. Full circle. He mentioned strokes gained at least 30 times in this podcast. But see, but I'm using it like where I think they're going to go. Like like I said, I think like Hoffman's like going to start playing poorly. But that's just like the feel. It's it's, I, it's really it's it's really intermingling all all of it together, yeah. Yeah, we're just we're just we're just building a slaughter stew, a slaughter stat stew now. Um, and then who is your Mickelson? I guess it's just no. Um, <laughs> I I I think I'm gonna go heavier than the field significantly on Homa and Burns this week. Uh, and given that I think those could be two higher ownership guys, that's that scares me a little bit. Those, those are probably my Mickelson plays. Homa and who? And Burns. Burns. Okay. Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, but I mean, uh, use your use your Mickelson on good golfers, right? I mean, you got to trust trust the talent if, right there. I mean, there, there's also the option that like Sam Burns is 20% owned, and I don't really like anybody else in this upper 7,000 range besides Keegan Bradley. And then I got to use those roster spots on Keegan Bradley, and he's like 30% rostered for me, and that also terrifies me. So we'll just say the like 8,100 to 7,900 price range is my Nicholson play this week. How about that? Yeah, that, I mean, if, if that's where you're going to go all in, I think that makes sense, though. I mean, you need to have some sort of, you know, strategy and how you're looking at it. And, um, you know, people, it's just a different way to look at it, but every tournament, you know, requires its unique, you know, uh, design. And so I like it. Um, what about you? It's gotta be Rasmus, right? That's the only choice. I, I mean, I'm definitely going to play like at least five times his ownership. Um, I mean, Homa is a good one because I do feel very strongly about that. Like in terms of all the plays here, I feel the most strongly strongly about his about just about where he is and what he's gonna open up by playing him because I just think he's so much better than all the people around him. Um, I'm, I, yeah, I mean, I, I think Homa may be mine as well. I will definitely be substantially higher, um, on, you know, on him than than everyone else. So I think that may be right. Okay. Uh, we'll get we'll get out of here with one last question. Who's your winner this week? I'm stuck between Hovland and Reed. I think it's going to be one of those two. I think a big name's going to win this one because I feel like we've had this like string of, of like random people winning, and so I feel I feel confident that it's going to come from like one of those two. I'm gonna say. Hook'em horn, Scotty Scheffler gets it done for the first time in his career. That would be fun. I mean, Scheffler's got all the tools in. He definitely, like, his profile is definitely great here, and I'll, I'll definitely be playing some Scotty Scheffler uh, for sure. And I may even start some lineups with him, you know, as you've uh, aforementioned. So um, I, that would be awesome to see. That's what, yeah. I guess, uh, I guess Hook'em horns this week.
Thanks for tuning in to the In the Bag podcast. If you want to interact with the show, you can find us on Twitter at In the Bagcast, Slaughter at Slaughter, and myself at James Paul Four. You can also leave comments, rate, subscribe, whatever you'd like, wherever you get your podcast, you can find us there. Good luck to all of you this week, and we hope you'll tune in again next week to make sure you have the right clubs and the bag. Thanks again. Stay safe.